now that almost 10 years have passed, I finally feel free from that anxiety of being in a mall shooting. And when I look back though, the thing that sticks out to me as being the biggest help and the source of everything else that was helpful is Jesus. Hello and welcome to New Mercy Moms, your grief and hope podcast. I'm your host, Kathy, and I am so thankful that you are here. I am so sorry that you've lost a child. I know it's so hard. I've been there. But I want you to know two things. You are not alone, and Jesus wants to meet you in your pain. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. We're going to talk about how Jesus helps us who experience child loss. Over the next several weeks, I just want to invite you over for a cup of tea. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk. And I want to share with you the thing that has been the most helpful for me on my grief journey after child loss. Now, if therapy has been helpful, which it has, and if church and community have been helpful, which they have, if eating healthy has been helpful, if exercise or reading books or listening to podcasts or journaling or art or anything, if anything has been helpful, it's because Jesus is the most helpful and he's the one who brings hope and healing. Now you might be wondering, how does that work? How does Jesus being the most helpful translate into other things like therapy and exercise being helpful after grief? Okay, so first realize Jesus is the creator of all things and he is the source of all good things. When describing Jesus in John 1, 3, John says, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus made all things, okay? And then there's James 1.17, which reminds us that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. Now, reading the book Heaven by Randy Alcorn really helped me with this perspective, okay? He gives some examples in there like, uh, I can't even remember the context of this part of the book, but he gives some example and it just really stuck with me. He's like, puppies are delightful. Now, it's only because God is delightful. He makes puppies delightful. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> but think about this. The curse of sin and death is so bad, as us bereaved parents have experienced, that if there is any good left in the world or in our lives, it really is by the grace of God. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That's John 1, 5. So we get the grace of God through Jesus and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. <laughs> That's John 1, 14. So we see that everything is dark. Everything's broken but that doesn't overcome the light that Jesus brings. And like I said, it's through the grace of God through Jesus, right? And so we see that because God loved us, he sent his son. And then you see that any good or helpful thing we experience, especially after deep loss, is because God, who is ultimately good and helpful, has created things like therapy and nourishing food and exercise to also be good and helpful, to really just reflect his goodness and help and to point us back to him who's the source of all that. 
So how does that affect us on our grief journey? Well, it means that we can thank God for these good and helpful things that bring hope and healing after loss, but then ultimately realize that these things will fall short in bringing the full hope and the full healing that we truly need. Why? Because they are not God. We can thank God for them. We can utilize them and still find our ultimate hope in God. When words fail, what do you pray? I know I've been there. When I lost my child, I didn't know what to pray. And that's what drove me to create this free guide, Bible Prayers for Bereaved Parents. I want to send that to you. So if you would like to get this, go ahead and go to newmercymoms.com forward slash prayer dash guide. And you can get our Bible Prayers for Bereaved Parents delivered straight to your inbox. Now, please don't forget this. It really could be life-changing. Your Bible-based prayer guide is just a few clicks away. So now we've talked about from one perspective how Jesus is the most helpful in bringing hope and healing, but let's not look at really how Jesus brings hope and healing. In other words, why should we look to Jesus for hope and healing after child loss? Now, I just want to let you know that this is a possible trigger warning for you. Okay, so the following story, it contains a shooting. And if this is not a helpful story to read, please just skip ahead about three minutes to the next section and I'll share some more hope and healing found in Jesus. Okay, so I want to tell you a story. Now, before we were expecting our son, Jack, whom we lost, and even before my first wedding anniversary, I was heading into work for my retail job at the mall. And when I walked in that morning, I felt like I hit an invisible wall. I suddenly stopped and I was gripped with unexplainable fear. The thought occurred to me, this is going to be a really hard day. I wondered if I should go home, but God reminded me that he will be with me no matter what happened. So I continued to the little store I worked in and went on my day. Uh, it was only maybe a few hours into my morning. I was about to go on my break or just finishing up. I can't remember. And I was in the back of the store when, and, and this is interesting. I almost went to the food court, which I had gone to many times on a break. But that day I decided to just hang out in the back of the store for my break. When all of a sudden my coworkers and a couple customers rushed back and my boss urgently told me, get in the back office because there's a shooting going on. Oh my word, I was terrified. And there we were just huddled in the back office with the store locked down and the office door barricaded. We were all terrified and my hands were trembling as I texted my husband on my old razor cell phone. Who remembers that, right? Well, we had no idea what was really going on. The only thing we knew was that just a few months prior, there was a terrible mall massacre in Kenya. And we were all thinking the worst, including one of our customers who just happened to be someone who helped rescue people from that Kenya mall massacre. So he was prepping us on what to do for X, Y, and Z. Okay. Now I may have been trained in first aid, but I was not trained for this. Then I started to get texts from friends and family as I was sitting there on the floor. Remember who God is. And you just posted on Facebook about how God is sovereign and in control. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. He is with you. 
Maybe God has been preparing you for this through your Bible study on his character. Maybe they were right. Did I still feel sick to my stomach and almost mess my pants? Absolutely. You can't always change your body's natural reaction to terror. While it was still a horrible day and people died, I know it could have been even worse. It could have been even more mass tragedy. More people could have died. There is just a whole list of ways where I veered from my normal and somehow avoided being in the part of the mall where the shooting occurred. Now, over the next few months, I desperately needed counseling and dove into the biography of God Bible study that I was doing. When I finally went back to work in the mall, I had about four three by five cards stuffed in my pockets with verses scribbled on them front and back to help me fight my panic attacks throughout the day. Was it an overnight success? <laughs> Absolutely not. While my anxiety was better, a new environment and legit self-defense classes were also needed. Now that almost 10 years have passed, I finally feel free from that anxiety of being in a mall shooting. And when I look back though, the thing that sticks out to me as being the biggest help and the source of everything else that was helpful is Jesus. Okay, now I know child loss is different from a mall shooting. It is something that will stick with you the rest of your life. And I think about my baby boy every day and that's okay. Share this story for a reason. To show how knowing God personally brings hope and healing. So how do we get to know God personally? I get it. Like, how is it possible that we would be able to get to know this God we cannot see right now, this God of the universe, the one who created all things? Okay, I, I heard this recently from um, a sermon at my church, and I just... It's like blown my mind, so I have to share it here, okay? Do you think that Macbeth and um, Romeo and Juliet knew who William Shakespeare was? No, they didn't, because William Shakespeare didn't write himself in the story. And just like us, we would be lost. We would have no idea that the creator of our own story, if he didn't write himself into our story. So unless the author of all things wrote himself into our story, we would never have hope to know him. Oh, but thank God he did. And he did that through Jesus, the Messiah. The Bible says in John 1, 8, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one, Jesus, who is himself God, is near to the Father's house. and He has revealed God to us. Now, if Jesus is the word of God, like we saw earlier in John 1, 1, in the beginning, the word already existed, the word was with God and the word was God, then we should look to and get to know the Bible, God's word. So we can get to know this God who wrote himself into our story through Jesus. Now, how do we do that? Okay, I'm asking a lot of how and why questions. Well, one very helpful way I found is to create a biography of God. And I got this idea. I'm not original with this, okay? But it is so impactful for my life. I have to share. It's from Marty Collier's book, What Do I Know About My God? It's a small little book and I highly recommend it. I'll make sure to put a link to it on Amazon or wherever I can find it in the show notes, okay? 
Now, I love the method that she shares because it actually creates a resource for you to go back to when you need to be reminded of who God is and how he interacts with your pain. I can't even tell you the number of times I did this my first year of marriage. I have gone back to my notebook that I made this in like countless times. Okay. It is such an incredible resource for me and it's personal and it means so much. And there's so many memories tied to it of how God worked in my heart with each verse I wrote. Okay. And so I really want to encourage you to do this as well. Now you don't have to like start from scratch. That would be overwhelming. Highly recommend getting this book because she has a great like start in the, in the back of the book. She lists all these Bible verse references out. And so I would just recommend starting out creating your, your biography of God, looking up those references and organizing them according to attributes. Now, this is more of a topical study when you first start out, but then as you continue to read scripture and maybe you read it more like as a book, like each book individually, so you're getting more context, then as you find attributes of God that stick out to you as you read, then you can insert them into your um, into your starter of your biography of God, and you can expand it and grow it and write notes and stuff on how God has used this in your life, how he's met you in your pain as you keep going. So creating your own biography of God, it gives you a plethora of Bible verses to pray as well. Now, when I was creating this resource of Bible verses to pray for bereaved parents, this was a huge resource for me for that, right? If I want to pray and think about, oh, my God is able, or my God is with me, or my God is my shepherd, my good shepherd, then I went to this resource to know what verses to pray. Now, let me just share some examples to inspire you and get you excited about what's to come in the following weeks, okay? Let me get my book. Okay, so the first one I have in my book is My God is Able. The first verse I have in this biography is Daniel 3.17, and it's talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego facing the fiery furnace. And this is what they say to King Nebuchadnezzar. If our God, whom we are serving, exists, he is able to rescue us from the furnace of, your, of the blazing fire. And he will rescue us, O king, from your power as well. So he's totally able. Now, the context is so powerful. So don't just take things out of context. I just, I absolutely love that story. It's, it's been really impactful for me over the years. And then what about my God is in control or my God is sovereign, right? I actually have two sections for this. And here's one that I love. Ecclesiastes 7.13, consider the work of God who can make straight what he has made crooked. And Psalm 115.3, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. And now this sovereign God, did you know he's gracious? Under my tab that's under G, I have, my God is gracious, and I have, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Psalm 145, 8. Hmm. These are so good. I'm just glancing through them and I'm like, wow, I just want to read them all to you, but I'm going to go through this and I'm really excited. Okay. Okay. So next one I want to look up is just my God is a righteous judge. Okay, I just have some taps here. Psalm 9, 4 and 7 through 8 say, For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. 
My God is merciful and the Lord knows how much I need mercy. Micah 7.18 says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love, which is also translated mercy. My God is all powerful. My God is omnipotent. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 32, 17 and 27, he said, Ah, Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. And then the Lord said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Okay. So I have things like my God provides, my God is the savior, my God is the redeemer, God works and is with me, he is my shepherd, my God is strong. Oh my goodness, I have things, I just alphabetized it and I just, I love this resource. I think I would cry if it ever um, like got destroyed or something, although thankfully we have Google, but this just thankfully... Like God has used this in my life. And so I really want to encourage you to do this as well. Okay. So that's what you get to expect in the coming weeks. And I just want to genuinely, practically just take you by the hand and together let's learn who our incredible God is and how he meets us in our pain. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in today. I can't express enough how grateful I am that you're a part of this journey with us. Whether you are a mom who's lost a child or you know someone who has, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter. As a thank you, we put together some really heartfelt Bible-based prayers just for parents like us who've gone through loss. They've been an encouragement to me personally, and I hope they can be for you too. You'll find all the details in our episode description. And if today's episode spoke to your heart, I'd be so thankful if you could leave a review. It's not just about helping our podcast grow. It's about reaching other parents also who might need to hear that they're not alone in this. Make sure to hit follow on New Mercy Moms on your favorite podcast app. Each week, we talk about how we can practically lean into Jesus as we find hope and healing on our grief journey after child loss. Don't forget to join our little family on Facebook too. We're sharing, supporting, and just holding space for each other every day. Your voice, your story, it matters so much in this space. And as we wrap up today, just remember, even on the toughest days, you are not alone, and Jesus wants to meet you in your need. Sending you all my love and prayers for comfort and strength until we meet again. This is Kathy Klum, signing off for New Mercy Moms. And remember, your pain will push you somewhere, Your pain needs to push you to God. See you next time.